Chris Burke, here we go again. I'm Jimmy Dykes. It's uh, time for the Coach Me Up podcast. Man, we we really cherish and value this time uh, that we get to visit with each other and uh, encourage our listeners and point people to Jesus. And uh, this is the week. We do this every, I don't know, once every couple of months. We kind of do a recap. It's just you and I. Mm-hmm. So if, if you don't like just yeah. if you if you don't like Chris and I, save yourself the time and just turn us off right now. <laughs> Click okay? off. If That's you like it. us, stay with us because we're gonna hopefully have some some powerful words. I'm, I'm gonna learn something from Chris today. He's gonna coach me up on something. I'm gonna try to coach him up on something as well. But uh, hey, we're so thankful again for our sponsors. Before we get started, uh, our, our our faithful sponsors as always: OneCountry.com, Blue Delta Jeans, and Connexial.com. Those folks continue to just. Uh, have a terrific partnership with us, and we appreciate that. So, Chris, we, we've had some outstanding guests since the last time you and I had a recap. Uh, I, I, I want to pick your brand. I want to go back to Luke McCowan. Before we get to our guests, which we're going to spend some time on, I need to, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I like all the sports. I'm a hoops, I'm a hoops nerd as, 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 as well as a wannabe football coach. So I, I like to get, first of all, the football season's been fantastic. The SEC is wide open. I think the national championship, honestly, Jimmy, is wide, wide open. open in college football. It's, it's pretty ironic that the best quarterbacks in the country are in a league that's about to no longer exist. So I think that's that. really, really funny. <laughs> uh, and it's been a crazy season with upsets. Like, how about Virginia beating North Carolina last weekend? A yeah. bunch of crazy stuff. So anyway, football season's uh, going to be a blast. Georgia still looks like the, the class of the SEC, but not maybe as unbeatable as they looked last year. So that that's going to be a fun second half. What are we... What are we in for for hoop season? What, what's SEC and national hoop season looking like? Yeah, it's uh, again, it's a it's a year where the big man in college basketball is a big story going in. Uh, you look at Zach Eady back from Purdue, National Player of the Year returns all all seven five of Zach Eady. I saw Hunter Dickinson at Kansas last week. Seven uh, two is probably going to be a, a great shot to be an All American as well, and. Possible Big Twelve Player of the Year from Michigan, right? Uh, transfer, yeah, from Michigan. transfer from Michigan, Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, broke the Vols' heart uh, Don- a couple years ago. Yeah, broke, I he broke him. the Vols' heart. Yeah. Donovan Klingon at, at UConn, who was the the backup center last year on the national championship team, struggling with a foot injury right now, but he's another seven three kid. All these guys are seven two, seven three, seven five. Uh, just loaded but, but, up. But, Armando. Let me butt in there real quick. Isn't uh-huh. it interesting that all these seven footers? Aren't off to the NBA. What does that tell you about the modern day NBA? Very yeah, interesting, it's, right? It's telling anyway, you if you're seven, anyway, yeah, you better yeah. be able to shoot the three balls. What it tells yeah, you, right. right. and, and, and and switch on a guard, right? You got to be able to switch stuff. on a guard. Yes, yeah. Yeah. but in the college game, you've got to be able to handle that position. Uh, I, I love what John Calipari says. If your team doesn't have a true post presence, your team's a fraud. And and UConn won it last year with a dominant post presence with Adama Sanogo and this clinging kid. So, I think our eyes will be on how how just how impactful those big bodies are this year in college ball. If you look at potential national champions early, uh, I think Duke is is probably the leader in my eyes just because of the really? talent, the skill. Kyle Filipowski is a seven footer back again for a sophomore year that is as versatile and as much of a mismatch as we have in the college game. But it's going to be some combination early, Chris, of Duke, Purdue, Kansas, Michigan State, UConn, Tennessee. Those are the, those are the teams that, that are going to be in that top five or six mm-hmm. and probably top ten all year long. And then we'll see how it plays out. Because last year at yeah. this time, no, no one was picking uh, Miami, Florida, Atlantic, San Diego State, and UConn for their final four. No one was. 
So, and, and it, it could shake down like that as well. But uh, let me press you on this one real quick nationally, and then we'll hop into SEC. You go through the teams. The only thing, uh, pushback I'd have on Coach Cal would be I wouldn't call Florida Atlantic a fraud last year. I wouldn't, you know, like they they did it with, with what? What was their, they had one six. 10 player one. And no, they, 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 like it was, they had, yeah. He, that dude was good. Now that dude, that, he the, was, the, the, he, he, he was. Kid. So, so yeah, but it was, but they got there really on the strength of, of the guard play and running Other up guards. and down, uh, running yes. up and down the court and San Diego state, yeah. I think was a similar type of team, but, um, I, I would, I would, I'm very interested to see if we continue to get this mid major push at the highest levels because of the portal and because of, you know, you say Duke's number one, and I, I, I don't doubt that Duke's the most talented team. I just are the days of young teams winning it a, a, a thing of the past. Like, can young teams really win it? Is the game too old? Well, the, they can, but they can't be they can't be heavy on the mm-hmm. freshman. I don't I don't think mm-hmm. it, it's okay to have mm-hmm. one or two, which Duke is going to have a couple of key guys in their freshman classes, but they're going to be led by upperclassmen. Duke will okay. Duke will this year. So. Okay. Uh, but we'll see. It, it's, yeah, uh, be interesting, the, right? The, the, the portal, the nil, it all, it all has mm-hmm. changed things. So, yeah. uh, and 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 to your quickly to finish up about basketball, the SEC, Chris, it's absolutely loaded. I've, that's my main league. I've not been an analyst that gets on the air and says the SEC deserves nine teams in the NCAA tournament when I know they only deserve six or seven. That, that's not who I've been. But I'm saying going in this year, there is legitimately nine or ten teams. Look at their roster how they're made, the talent, the coaching. There's legitimate nine or ten teams to begin the year. If they take care of business in non-conference play, the SEC could set a new record for number of teams in the NCAA tournament. Eight is their high. They could go above that this year. And it's, it's uh, you know, Texas A&M has basically everybody back, everybody back. And they finished, I believe, second last year. Tennessee is going to be picked to win it, as they should be. Then after Tennessee and Texas A&M, it's going to be some combination of Arkansas, Kentucky, Alabama, Auburn, Missouri, Florida. I, I've seen most of those teams practice already. Uh, they are all legitimately good enough to win the league. Mm. So Incredibly good group of coaches in the league, Jimmy. Just an incredibly best, best good group been. of coaches and, and programs top to bottom that now truly care about the sport. Like legitimately SEC cares about basketball, it feels like top to bottom. Yeah, I got to speak to all the coaches at the SEC spring meetings in Destin, and I, I told them that this is the best group of coaches in basketball that the league has ever had. They ever had. When you look at all 14 head coaches that were sitting mm-hmm. around that room, mm-hmm. I just think that's the best collection that we've ever had. So, uh, yeah, I get, fixing to get started quickly. Absolutely. Uh, every yeah. Everybody's in it yeah. to win it. All yeah, right, there's our recap. Yeah. Uh, College World, I mean, the the, uh, the World Series is, is is going on as we record this. It's game seven tonight, uh, so we'll yeah. see. But uh, Major League Baseball, obviously, right out there in front of us as well. Mm-hmm. All right, speaking of baseball, let's go Let's go back to our recaps. And, uh, uh, you, well, you start mm-hmm. with Luke McCown yeah. because I, 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 we're going to bounce back and back forth a little bit. Yeah, we'll start football. We'll start football. Luke, Luke, Luke McCown. Um, who you know just gave us a a really a beautiful picture of kind of the the biblical definition of servant leadership played out in a sports role, which is the role of a backup quarterback, and um, just talked about how he felt like his calling as a believer really allowed him 
especially once he was four or five years in the league, to just not be satisfied necessarily as a competitor with not playing, but really be grateful and dive into his role as a supporter of the starter, as a, you know, kind of a servant leader of the team, even though he's not the one out there uh, taking every snap. Like he's the one supporting the offense, you know, kind of a, a, a the right-hand man to the OC and to the, to the uh, starting quarterback. Um, and, and, and I, 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 I've got a bunch of notes from him, but we asked him at the end, if you remember, and, and there's a lot of guys, uh, that are, um, a lot of guys and girls that are coaching teams that are, that are listening to our podcast. We asked him to coach us up on how do you, how do you present an image of Christ to your team in a way that's practical on a daily basis. And like so many of the answers we get, Jimmy, a little underwhelming. <laughs> it was a little disappointing. We were like, Oh, we wanted a little more, but he said, you know, I wish I could, I wish I could give you more kind of do's and don'ts and here's my three points and blah, 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 blah. But what he said is I will tell you that for whatever reason, the way I've loved one of the kids on my team has led to a conversation with him and his dad about Jesus. And I'm, going to baptize him this week and then on social media he posted the baptism yeah oh yeah of that kid and his dad remember we we both saw that clip on on uh, on his social media uh that week and so um you know what, what what i took from that you know how he coached me up is that man it's so important to keep the the main thing the main thing and what is our why really i would say at all levels of coaching but specifically when you're in youth coaching and you're not doing it for a living, like what is your why? Is your why, you know, we're trying to win youth sports titles? Are we, are we really trying to make an impact on the people we have a, an opportunity to influence? Um, and I think Luke modeled that very well for us um, with, with uh, the way he articulated that. But then obviously we're seeing the fruit of it with with uh, relationships yeah. he's building with the people he's getting a chance to coach. So really cool having Luke McCown on. Very interesting yeah. perspective, the backup quarterback, right? <laughs> just a really – and his, he had a brother that did it for I, 17 I, yeah, years. Yeah, I'll, I'll just tag it with this, that I'm pretty sure he told a story about hiking in the mountains. And and at one point, they mm. I think the, the hike started so early it was dark, but he made a great point uh, – and I have it circled and starred, that when you're in a dark valley, and we will all go through a dark valley at some point, have been in a dark valley, or coming out of a dark valley. But in those darkest valleys, uh, he said, is when you, like he said, I, you literally couldn't see that much in front of you. You're going by the voice. You had to really lean into each other's voice. And it's the same way with our Heavenly Father, that in those dark valleys, we, we can't see Him. You got to hear Him, and you got to press in harder and closer and, mm -hmm. and make sure the, the closeness and the intimacy with, uh, mm -hmm. with our Heavenly Father is is Yeah, I wrote down the sheep hear times. the shepherd's voice. Yes, yes, yes. He was so good at giving the us sheep a— sheep hear the shepherd's voice. Yeah, yeah a visual of that, that uh, in the dark time. Yep. So, yeah, I think yeah, our time with Luke McCown mm -hmm. was special. Then we moved on to Mitch Barnhart, the athletic director at uh, the University of Kentucky. I actually saw Mitch a couple of weeks ago uh, there for, for a weekend, got to see him in his box uh, for a football game. And uh, but, so a couple of things. Um, the people that were in his suite that night, there was just a different feeling, a different vibe, a different noise level. Uh, and I think he sets the tone. 
obviously for his family, for those that are around him, uh, how they interacted with each other during the game and a bad call. There was, there, there, there was no cursing. There was just, uh, there was passion. Absolutely, there was passion and fight and want to win. But there's just a different feeling in a in his box, and I have been in other boxes across the country in SEC football games. The passion was still there, but uh, I just felt the presence of Christ uh, everywhere that he was, every, every, and everything that he touches on that campus. I felt the presence of, of Christ, uh, and I love the story that his son, I think, came to him with uh, when they were going through a difficult stretch. I, I forget the specifics of it, but he, his, he, his son told him that we need to prepare for the rain. Mm-hmm. Like we need to expect the rain to come in, in the good way, to, to flower the crops, yeah. and we're going to prosper, mm-hmm. we're going to grow, we're going to go. And I, I love that. I don't know if it was in—I have Micah 6, 8 written down. Somewhere in there, though, is the story of that. And first, no, I, first Kings 18, 44 through 46. Yeah, yes, the, yes. the Micah that's 6, what, 8 what was, was, what does the Lord require of you to act justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? Uh, but yeah, that first King story is Elijah, right? Just yes, preparing yes. for the rain. Like God's going to answer. Um, it's our job to be faithful and 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 pray. It's God's job to to bring the rain, right? But yes, that mindset yes. of, of God is faithful. God God is just. God is is loving. He God will God will answer in God's ways. That faithful obedience of expecting a good Father to respond in kind. You know. Uh-huh. Yep. And he kind of he kind of had a similar uh, example of Luke the week before because Luke said he remembers after he got to the top of the mountain and looked back at the top of the mountain there was nothing growing mm. he was above the tree line it was it was a barren land there was nothing growing as he looked back the growth on the trek up the mountain was in the valley mm-hmm. and and Mitch pointed us to that same concept when he said the growth is in the valley. But he says, I also trust and I know that, that my God is not going to leave me there. But that's where the growth takes place. We don't, we don't like the valleys, but we have to appreciate and embrace the growth that's going on in our faith, in our life. When we're in those hard times, we're calling out to God for an answer. We're not sure of his direction. We're, we're trying to trust him. Uh, there, there's, there's things in our life that have us maybe uh, un- uncertain, a little bit of darkness, uh, but we have to embrace, Chris, that's when the growth occurs. It does. Mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. wish I grew my faith as a Christian in in only in, in the prosperous times, and that's mm-hmm. I just had a life of prosperity all the times, and things were always rolling for the Dykes family. I wouldn't be growing if that was the case. Mm-hmm. So we have to embrace those times of, of uncertainty uh, and realize that all things come our way for our good. And I think Mitch mm. did a really good job of, of reminding us of that. Mm. Yeah, God God can work in all things for the good of those who love him. Even even though they don't feel good, that we would never kind of intentionally ask for them. We look back and we say, man, we, we grew a lot in those moments. Yes. Uh, I, thought, I thought Mitch also did, just closing the door on him, I thought he did a fantastic job of coaching us up on uh, a man who has had a huge job, not a big job, a yep. huge job for a very, very long time, yet it's obvious he walks hand in hand with his wife. Um, and I, I think that is a fantastic model for us to be coached up on that um, those two are partners and and they are doing it together. And um, they've raised kids that are now in sports administration, mm-hmm. which is a great compliment to a dad that your kids are trying to walk in your shoes. And interestingly enough, his daughter is now taking over at Lexington Christian 
Yeah, Kirby, and right? My kids go to uh, Louisville Christian Academy, and we—that's who we play this weekend, Jimmy. That that the uh, really the Cal is up against LCA this weekend in eighth grade football. So uh, the the is that the your Barnhart's and the, the Barnhart's the and the Burks are not going to be. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we will always be friendly. Well, we will not be on the same side of the fence come Saturday night. So looking forward to that one. But anyway, uh, just a, a great model of a of a of a man with a big job, but still uh, clearly devoted to putting his wife and his family uh, ahead of that job. And uh, the fruit of that is is very evident. Remember so. what he said. I, I forget what he was going through with his job, but I don't know if it's, it's a frustrating time. It seems like I remember him saying, and his wife said, "I I, I know the answer for us." And she went and bought two chairs. Mm. Mary went and bought two chairs. Mm-hmm. She said, we're going to sit in these two chairs every morning, and we're going to read our Bible. We're going to pray with one another before we start our day. And that's uh, he, he still does it today. So, yeah, mm-hmm. great time. Man, there's some controversy between the Burks and the yeah, well, Barnhart yeah, you know, this weekend. We'll, we'll shake see. hands before have they had and your after. Number? And have, they had, have they had your number last we, couple we of have, years? This will be the first time we've, we've teed it up. So Oh, okay. They, they did beat us on the varsity level, uh, high school varsity level, about a month ago in a great game, 14 to 12, a barn burner. Okay. Um, so I would anticipate a, a, a very good matchup this weekend as well. They have a really right. good team. So we're looking Let me know how that goes, by the way. Let's I move will. on to Lance, Lance Berkman, yeah. your buddy Lance Berkman. What you, would you take away from Lance? Well, I hope everybody, and I got some comments from people that I know, I hope everybody took away what a what a laugh he is. Lance, Lance is one of my all-time great giggle buddies. I mean, that dude can make me laugh more than just about anybody I ever played with. Um, we told some some all-time Berkman stories. Uh, knee is improving. Steroids are bad. Uh, <laughs> you got to be able to fake an injury. Like Berkman's got more. He's got more one-liners than than you could possibly imagine. One one day he walked out of uh, spring training with somebody else's jersey on just so he wouldn't have to sign autographs. About <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that, that's a good one. <laughs> I've seen him do it all. He's a he's a riot. Uh, but but what I learned behind all that all that uh, humor uh, is a man who was intent on learning God's word, and um, he gave us a lot of examples of books that had um, books that had impacted him. But I thought he said something that was I thought really impactful, which he said, "Watch out," because he he admitted his own struggles. Don't make sure you don't make faith only an academic pursuit. Right, it's it's one thing to mm. know the word. It's one thing to study the word. It's another thing to live it out and have the word change your heart. Because as First Corinthians tells us, you know, even if you've got all these things but don't have love, mm-hmm. right? Then it's then it's in vain. So um, I thought that was a a a really good um, a really good point that he made because there there is a an aspect of what Jesus tells us to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, uh, and all our strength. But in that, that this pursuit of loving the Lord with all our mind is a is a godly pursuit. But it can sometimes not lead to that heart transformation that is really sp- where the fruit comes from. Yeah, I, I had two things circled and starred. When I circle it, it's important. When I circle and star it, it's really important. Big time. That's like that's how I keep notes. So the, the ones that were circled and starred. For me, he talked about submission and obedience to the Scripture. Both are necessary. And to your point, it can't just be in your head. It's got to be in your heart, and actions have to come from it. He, he did a very good job of putting that on us in, 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 a, in a kind way, but reminding us 
about the importance of submission and obedience to the Scripture. And then the other thing that I had circled was, he said, how we talk, it's the number one evidence to others of who we are. And we're going to touch on that later on in this podcast. We're going to go to James. But man, what a great reminder of how we talk is our number one evidence, number one more than what we do, what we, what our, our, our job, our platform, the emails we send out, the encouraging notes, all that. What How we talk is our number one evidence to others of who we are. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and, and uh, how that, we talk comes comes from our heart. Straight right? from our heart. Tells us out of, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I thought Lance made a good point. He said he said two things that I thought were 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 really good things to ponder. If the only time you engage with God is at church, then you're only going to grow so much, right? It's it's almost like if the only you know if the only time I interact with my my wife is once a week in our date night. Well, that could be a good catch up, but is that that's not quite enough, right? That we got to have those daily conversations, daily communication, daily um, encouragement, physical touch, all those kinds of things that keep us connected. The other thing he he posed the question: Are you a Bible believer or a churchgoer? You know, it's a, it's like Kyle Adamant, like are you are you a fan or are you a follower? Um, those are those are convicting things because I think if we're honest, we can all get caught in that that rut of. I'm checking boxes, but, uh, you know, I think it's always important to have that, uh, in front of us of like, okay, how deep, how deep is my walk right now? Am I, am I, am I surfacy or am I really, am I really, um, living this out daily, even in the tough stuff? Lance was terrific. He's the head baseball coach at Houston Christian right now. Uh, used to be Houston Baptist, now Houston Christian. So I continue, God continues to use him. I know someone that God is using mightily right now is our last guest, Granger Smith. And I've had more uh, interaction, more more comments, more text messages about that episode than maybe any that we've that we've done. Uh, if you've not heard his story, I would really encourage you to go back and listen to our podcast. I would encourage you to go uh, get the book that he has out right now. Uh, Granger Smith is a former country music stars what he was he had a number one song back in 2019 had the world by the tail was opening up for garth brooks uh and then the tragic loss of his three-year-old son in his backyard drowned in their family pool uh really sent him into a a deep down darkward place in life and uh, he said that uh nine months after the death of his son river uh until it was to, to the death of of me is how he put it. And the death of me as in I died to myself and gave my life totally uh, to Jesus. So, so many things there that he unpacked for us, uh, his transparency. Uh, He asked several times himself, he asked the question and he ultimately answered it, who is Jesus really? And he pointed us, Chris, to uh, John chapter one, Colossians one and Hebrews one. He said, dive in there, dig in there. Start with those those places in the Bible that if you're if you're struggling or you're you're new to the faith or you just want to dig in, go to those places and start really asking your heart and clarifying in your heart and your and your mind who Jesus really is. Uh, and it, it was such a powerful story. I we can't even imagine what that family went through, but. Again, uh, what has come out of a tragic situation pointing people to Jesus is exactly what Granger 
Smith is doing. So in John 14, you know, Jesus says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And he was very clear on the calling that God had put on his life about his obedience. Um, you know, there, there's never a, a promise of comfort, and if anything, it's it's the opposite. And, and but the question is, you know, our, our where's our obedience lie? Um, and you know, I think just in general, uh, Granger is a living example of the First Thessalonians four thirteen verse that that we do not grieve as those who have no hope, and that that. That First Thessalonians uh, four thirteen scripture is. I I, I you, you remember Monty Williams um, after his good. wife, yeah, Monty yeah. Williams yeah. after his wife got killed in a car wreck, and they had five yeah. kids, and he he did not grieve as one that had no hope. As a matter of fact, he famously said, "I." I know the sentiment of what people are saying when they come up to me and say, sorry about the loss of your wife. But he said, my, my wife isn't lost. I know exactly where she is. And I just remember thinking, man, that is so distinct. He, he, he is not grieving as if one with no hope. He's grieving as one with ultimate hope. And it's so distinct to the world. Like, wait a second, your, your wife of five children just died in an awful way and you're grieving in such a distinct way. And when you listen to Granger Smith talk, it's the the smile and the joy. It's not phony. He's not trying to sugarcoat the awful thing that happened in their life. But there is a distinctness by the way that they have chosen to grieve and to, to move on post this tragedy uh, that to me can only be ex- explained through the, the hope of Jesus because I, I don't know how you would do that uh, apart from yeah. that. No, there's, I, I, I agree with you. Back to your point about John 14, where it says, if you love me, keep my word. That That's what really, I think, initially gave him a big step down the path of where he is today. Because I remember him saying he went home and, and told his wife, like, what, what's his word? Like, if you love me, keep my word. And he realized, I, I don't know your word. I, I, I don't know it. And he, he got a, a renewed hunger and thirst and drive to know God's word. And it really sent him into to, to, to long periods of study and really knowing God's word. And he, and he knows it inside and out right now. But uh, it was a great challenge for us to know God's word. Like we're not just supposed to stumble through life and, and kind of guess like we're to know God's word and what he says. Uh, I, I, I love this story. I don't know if I've ever told you this, Chris, but may, maybe I have. I was at a Nick Saban when he was coaching at LSU. I was at a football I was doing sideline football at the time. I think it's the second or third game of the year, and the backup quarterback was at practice, and he went one way, ball went the other, whatever. But he, the, the, the game, the, the play was not executed. And I remember him stopping practice and saying to the to the kid, "You probably only have in thirty percent of our offense. I'm not asking you to know the seventy percent that you don't have yet, but I am expecting you to know the thirty percent that you do have, and you've had since day one." And that that that's part of the thirty percent right there that you should be completely dialed in on. And I love that story for us. That I, I I don't I I don't understand everything in God's written word. I don't. But there are some things that are very clear to us as believers, as a follower of the way. That uh, is very very clear. It's very clear, and uh, I, I I love that challenge 
of Granger. So if you, if you have not heard Granger Smith's story, Like a River is the book, uh, it's a it's a it's a phenomenal read. It's a challenging read. I think you'll 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 cry. I think you'll laugh. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll your heart will really be challenged by uh, just the goodness of God and 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 who He is. So mm-hmm. yeah, and and just being coached up on that, you know, we I referenced it earlier, and you and I, have, it's kind of been a theme of our podcast is we we're so fortunate to get behind the curtain with with some of these amazing people and and coaches, and in some regards, you're 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 blown away by the excellence, but then in some ways you're almost disappointed in some of the simplicity with which they live their lives by. You're like, wait, it's just that? That's it? That's you know, Rick, how do you how do you get your kids to play so hard? Well, it's just not about me. You know, that's what we live around here by. And but wait, there's you guys are so distinct. Well, I don't know. We just we 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 preach it's not about you know, and you're just like, man, it feels like there has to be something more. And there is when you're really in it, but but what it is is it's it's a cumulative effect of just trying to be excellent in the simple things. But but sometimes as people that wars against our complacency of like really I want the answer to be something secret that only a few people have, you know. And I remember when I was early in my walk, and there was a guy on my team, Anthony Acevedo, that was much more mature in his just obedience, behavioral stuff. And I was like, Ace man, what give it to me, man? What's what am I missing here? And he's like, well, have you actually ever read the scriptures? <laughs> uh, no, I haven't. Not like for myself. Well, yeah. let's start there. You know, let's start there. Yeah. And he said it in such a uh, sincere, humble way. But it's like, man, okay, yeah, I think I can do that. That's That sounds like a good plan, you know? Um, and for me, I know just the conviction of my sin and... Uh, my lack of obedience was just jumping off the page of me. Like, but mm. it was in that alone time, me, you know, yeah. me and the Lord, um, knows, knows to knows with his word. And I, I just think it's such a good word by Granger Smith of like, how, how can I obey something? I don't know. Don't know what it is. Right. And yeah. if, if it, back to your Nick Saban quote, like, I guarantee you the juniors that leave Alabama, certainly the seniors that leave Alabama, if you ask them what's it mean to be an Alabama football player, they could give you five real real solid bullet points, right? But the freshman that's just showing up, he don't have a clue. Like, he, no. he's he's there to learn, um, you know? And so it's like, you know, we should, we, we, we should, we should be able to, to define, and again, not to make Christianity a list of do's and don'ts. It's, it's, we're saved by faith, you know, not by works. But, um, how do we how do we follow something we're not fully understanding what, what it, quote unquote it is? Uh, that's a challenge for us all on a daily yeah. basis, right? Because yeah. even if we know, we still have to obey, <laughs> and that's yes, that's a whole nother hard issue. Well, we we've uh, we we've seemed like I don't know every second or third podcast we talk about the power of our words. I don't know if we've really ever dug dug deep into it. We're going to just take the last few minutes here. Uh, I love the book of James. It's my favorite book in the Bible. Obviously, my name is James, James Joseph Dykes, for those that didn't know that. Uh, but James speaks my language. He's, he's a coach in front of a bunch of guys and laying it out about our, our faith and our works and how all that comes together. But it, he doesn't pull any punches. He goes right out about what, what, our, what our faith should look like, what it, what it should be acted like on, upon every day, what genuine faith is. Um, then he gets into our tongue. And James was uh, one of the... I think it was written, I don't know, 49, 50 AD, somewhere in there, one of the earlier uh, 
books in the Bible that was written, uh, Jesus' Jesus's brother. But he goes right into the power of our words. And there's some things in here, Chris, that, uh, you know, I, we start talking about our words. People start thinking, well, I don't cuss. I, you know, I, I got good control of my tongue. I, I might let one slip every now and then. It's so much more than that. It's so much yeah. more than that, you know, because the Bible is very clear that no, no man can tame the tongue. No man mm. can tame the tongue. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And if Careful you think if you think you have. Yeah, if, you if you think you're think the you exception, have. yeah, yeah you're, you're yeah. not the exception. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because then you start thinking about, do I gossip? Do I say things that aren't true? Mm-hmm. Do I... Embellish, of course, joking. Embellish. All these things, yes, right. All those things, yep. yeah. Do I... Do I yeah, all, all, all that stuff is, is it's one encompassing. And then you start thinking about the words I say to myself. Like, we're, we're, we're just as responsible for that. Are, are the words I'm saying to myself aligning with God's written word? So, uh, I... It's, it, he says here in James chapter three. I'm just gonna. I'm, I'm gonna start. I'll start down here at the bottom. Well, I'll start here in the middle. He says we put the bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us. We can turn the whole animal. So one one tiny bit, about four inches wide, can steer a, a a powerful powerful animal like a horse. Or take a ship as an example. Oh, they are so large and are driven by strong winds. They are steered. They are steered by very small rudder. Uh, wherever the pilot wants it to go. So he's clearly painting the picture, Chris, of uh, the small rudder on a ship, the small bit in the mouth of a horse, steers both of those examples, pointing us towards the power of our tongue. We go where our tongue says. Our path is laid out by our words, our spoken words. So he's challenging us, and he's bringing to attention the power of our words, how important our words is, our, our, our words matter. Uh, and he goes on to say, consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark, which our tongue can be. Our, our words, the wounds from our words are everlasting. I have that written down on the side note in my Bible in this James chapter 3. But a small spark, a small a costly word can start a huge flame in our life. It can actually take us down. Mm-hmm. The yeah, wrong the word opposite. at the wrong the, the wrong word at the wrong time can take us down. And it's, uh, the opposite is what? Well, the opposite's also true, which is a gentle word can turn away wrath. Yep. Right? A harsh word That's stirs it. up anger. A gentle word uh, uh, turns away wrath. And the the truth of that in Proverbs. Um, let me find this verse. I think it's 15.1. Yeah. So uh, Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, that would be the kind of the opposite of what um, really it, it, it encompasses both, right? It, like James is saying right here, just a small spark. Think about those forest fires we seem to have so often now in California, right? It just, it can start from a small spark, yeah. forest fire, right? Yep. And we've all been in arguments, where one word, one word. Wait, what'd you say to me? What'd you say about yep. my wife? What'd you say about my wife? Wham, off it goes, right? But the opposite is also true, which is a gentle word can turn away wrath. And um, the ability to not be easily offended, Proverbs nineteen eleven. it's to a man's glory to overlook an offense, and then speak a gentle word into a harsh situation, it is amazing how quickly things can diffuse. Jimmy, mm-hmm. I... I I, I could give you such a shallow example of this all the time and pick up basketball. Okay. If you and I are both on the sideline 
and it's very 50-50 who's it out on, especially if it's, say, we're playing a 20 and it's 18 all. Yeah. And and you're like, out on you. And I go, yeah, you're right. Your ball. Like, you talk about just somebody looking at you like, wait a second. Did you just agree with me? Are, aren't we going to fight about whose ball it is? <laughs> but, like, you can tell, like, that person's almost, they're ready for a fight because they're not really sure. And it's like, let's yeah. fight about this. And you're like, yeah, you, you guys take it. Or, okay, let's shoot for it. And it's like, it, it's over. As opposed to the five minutes of calling each other's cheaters and liars and every name under the book. <laughs> like, let's just shoot for it. We don't, there's no reason to call each other's name. We'll just shoot for it. Like, simple. Yeah. And it, but those are like surfacey. could be between you and your wife. She says something and you, you're really mad and you really want to bring something else up that happened that she did the same thing. And instead you just go, you're right, babe. My bad. Boom. Yeah. Whew, the whole thing. Right? Yeah. Um, so yes, anyway, keep going with James 3, but I just the truth of that if we all pause and think about how it plays out, we can draw endless examples of how it can go either way very quickly and this is why we're called mm-hmm. to number 1 pour good things into our heart so that hopefully good things come out like hopefully yeah. we have some sort of victory over our tongue knowing that unfortunately we'll never master it. No, but it, it all starts with our heart and it's Submitting every day to the Holy Spirit, asking the Holy Spirit to take control of our heart, to take control of what comes out of our heart. Uh, I, I think our words, Chris, uh, just thinking about the topics we've gone through today, uh, I, I think our words can also be tied directly to submission and obedience because we're told very clearly that our, that our words as a follower should be different. We should be salt. We Our, our words should be encouraging uh, words that are guided by the Holy Spirit, that are full of wisdom. Uh, and it's, and I think there's a, there's, I'm probably speaking out of knowing this myself as much as anything, uh, the lack of submission to the scripture, which is very clear in James 3, and obedience. It's crazy how those two words shape pretty much how we respond to the scripture in all situations. Mm. Mm. So as Jimmy Dykes, when I read James chapter three, and I've read it multiple times. Keep going verses nine through 12 there, just to finish this up. I okay. think those are very yeah. strong to finish it. So with the tongue, starting in now verse nine, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. And with it, we also curse men who have been made in the God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. How can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Oh, if that don't get under your skin a little bit, if that doesn't make you sit up in your seat a little bit, then, um, you know, you may need to take it. Because, again, I I can, first of all, I can. Do you fail? Do you fail? Oh, gosh. I I, I think you. Yeah. I I, I, I I see you as a guy that has very good control over his tongue, but. Well, I, I will tell you that whatever victories I get in that are are uh-huh. purely spirit led. When and sometimes I'm, let me just say that the stuff that bubbles up from my heart that maybe don't come out of my mouth just make me so aware of my sinfulness that it it uh-huh. it it's um, scary to think some of the things I could say at times. I maybe sure. I, I maybe have grown in the discipline of bottling those up. 
my wife always says, you know, I'm a bit of a talker, Jimmy, in case you haven't noticed. When you're quiet, I know something's really going on. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so <laughs> she knows I'm most mad, especially with her when I go the other way. Like, I just yeah. need to. Because what I'm about to say, I don't like what I'm about to say. Um, yeah. And praise God that he's given me an awareness of that. But, I mean, just the the reality of of uh, being measured with our words, being intentional with our words. Um, now, it's not always going to be nice. Right, clear is kind, and sometimes right, you right. know. Again, with the model of Jesus is, uh, I sent a group, I sent a text out to my my men today um, from from Matthew chapter fifteen of of a passage of scripture where it ain't real nice what Jesus is saying. Now, he's Jesus, I'm not, but mm-hmm. um, you know, it's not always going to be nice. But man, we should really be checking our 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 heart for is what I'm saying kind, and and yep. and is it. Is does it have a chance? Even if the person isn't ready to receive it, is does it have a chance to build them up in some way? Whew, that's a that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I'll, I'll finish up James with this in my footnote. I love this because it, it's very clear that no man can control his tongue. That's it, it, we're all we're, we are all at fault. That's how James three starts off. He's very clear. None of us have this perfected. So then you go down the path of, well, if I can't perfect it, why even, why even try? Well, my footnote says has the answer to that as well. It is better to fight a fire than to go around setting new ones. Remember that we are not fighting the tongue's fire in our own strength. The Holy Spirit will give us increasing power to monitor and control what we say so that when we are offended— the Spirit will remind us of God's love, and we won't react mm, in a hateful manner. There you go. When we are yeah. offended, when we are yep. offended, that that one, oh, man, when I mm. get my feelings. Yep. Uh, so that's just part of submitting, again, to the Holy Spirit daily. So I've had to say this to people a few times here lately. Hey, man, don't do not do that. Uh-huh. You're going to get me in my feelings. Don't do that. Don't don't start yeah. that conversation. We'll have a laugh about it. Like, don't do that. Don't, and I'm making I'm agreeing with them. I'm making it very clear. I agree with them. Yeah. And like I'm really yep. going to try not to go there. So please don't don't let's not let's not do that. Let's talk about the weather because I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna go there and then I'm not gonna like why I did it. And so let's just let's just not. <clears throat> but well, you're right, man. That, that's a beautiful yeah. note. And and that's a that's also a great little mini uh, endorsement of get a study Bible. Because those are the kinds of notes that really help the scriptures come alive. Yeah. Sure do. Life life applicable. So as Lance Berkman said, how we talk, how we talk, and I believe this, our number one evidence of who we are. So we say we're a believer, we're a follower of the way, and our heart's been changed by Jesus, and, and how we talk is our number one evidence. So. Chris, will you close us out in prayer today, buddy? Father God, uh, we just pause say thank you for this time together, Lord. We, we thank you for the blessing of being able to talk about your word uh, and point people to you. Lord, we are sinners. We are, we are not um, what the embodiment of your word looks like Jesus is. And so I just pray that uh, whatever fruit comes from this podcast, Lord, that it would be pointing people to you, not to us, because uh, we are sinful men prone to mistakes uh, but we are we are available to be used by you to point people to you lord so that would be our our, our prayer that uh, people would would see you and hear from you during this time together lord so we just lift up our followers we we, we lift up our sponsors and we are grateful for the opportunity to to point people to you and we pray all that in the name of jesus 
Amen. 